My name is David Jagno with Upload VR, and I'm going to be your host today. We're in for a great time. Hello, Jamie. How are you doing? I am public enemy number one in the VR scene this week. I'm being it's brave honestly, just showing my face around here. It's, so it's honestly extremely annoying because now, after my interview went up, I've been getting uh, hate by osmosis. Just mm. people flowing over because it's an awkward situation. We'll, we'll talk about it later. Today, we're going to be talking about all the latest in VR gaming news and our latest reviews up on the site. Um, we're going to start by talking what we've been playing. Um, I know, Jamie, you just literally had a review go live on the site minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I just put live my review of Floorplan 2, the latest game from Turbo Button, who you might know for doing Floorplan 1, obviously. Uh, and then they also did like, uh, like, do you remember that Daydream game? Was it Along Together? That like you were yeah, like an yeah that was a cool friend. one yeah that was cool. and they, they did Adventure Time on the Gear VR yeah a long time yeah. ago so v- VR veterans they, there aren't many uh-huh. developers out there that released like a paid early days Gear VR app and are still going right um, but this is one of them and they've actually been away for a long time uh, this is their first release in I think like maybe three maybe two years um, and it's I love it. I, I really, really, really love it. The first floor plan was a really cool idea that you were traveling between uh, different floors in a building, but every floor was kind of like its own reality and weird, crazy stuff happened in each one. And because of the limitations of VR at the time, you stayed in the elevator uh, and then you kind of interacted with the world uh, just from that elevator in floor plan two. Same basic concept, but you can actually move beyond the elevator uh, oh. and then there's these two main elevator types with two different uh, <laughs> wow i didn't know you could do that uh two different uh, f- uh elevators with different floors and everything uh and it is just brilliantly fun intuitive vr puzzling with lots of really really crazy immersive moments lots of really really great ideas that you can actually only do in vr um so i gave it a four out of five uh i think it's Really, really funny. I I love how much it feels almost like a Muppets, an episode of the Muppets show or something uh-huh. like that. It feels really, really cool. I think Turbo Button has such a uh, unique sense of style for this stuff, and it's just a just a lovely delight, is what I would say. And it was a real I'm, breath. I'm of surprised fresh air. Uh, Oculus let them put a rough test in that trailer. That's uh, shocking. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that's why I was like, "What's that headset?" <laughs> Right, I've never seen a rift. <laughs> What's a rift? Um, yeah, I think it's cool. Dabadozi, four out, four out of five, three plus hours of content. If that's you know, if you want to, you know, it's get funny because I feel gritty. like games like this, you know, like whimsical, like puzzle games that are you know just kind of are, are experiences you kind of go through, and it's more of you know the the comedy and the setting and the characters and all that. Like those. Those games don't typically appeal to me outside of mm. VR. You know, I don't really play those kind of games very often. Um, but whenever it comes to VR, um, there's just something about being inside the world that makes it so much more appealing. You know, like a game like Accounting or Trover or Floor Plan 2. You know, those kind of games, I probably wouldn't have any interest in playing those on a f- normal screen. But in VR, they just, I don't know, there's something special about it feels like you're there with those characters, you know? Yeah, and, and and to that point as well, I would also say that I'm generally speaking actually not really a very big puzzle game fan in in general. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, like same. playing puzzle games on 
flat screens. But I actually think when it comes to there's there's something that about a puzzle game that's actually very in step with VR design right now in that most of the solutions in floor plan are doing really, really cool things like trying to steal like a uh, cap off of a security guard's head without him noticing or um, what else do you do? Like trying to think whatever. Or in My Skyrim VR today. putting a bucket on a character's head, obviously. Oh, you know, yes. Yes. Classical sort of puzzle game. Yeah. But like all the inventory system here, which is like this, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say this and in America, I don't think this is a big deal, but in the UK, this is a highly funny thing. The fanny pack, uh, you pull it out. (laughs) I I get why it's it's funny in the UK. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. I, uh, yeah. Um, (laughs) it's just a lot of really, really cool intuitive things that on a flat screen, I would be like, okay, cool. You know, you're picking it up, putting it in the slot, but in VR, it just really, really works. Um, I having said that, you know, I know there's going to be an audience that, uh, won't like the fact it's it's not that long um and won't like the fact that it's kind of restrictive it's just kind of node-based teleportation i think that absolutely works for the game but uh-huh. if you're a certain kind of vr user <laughs> that i'm very aware of you might not yeah, be Onikaze, uh, might not it be definitely so means something else um you know feel free to google it uh make sure you're not at work and yep. there you go um yep. quick shout out to everyone in chat while um while we're taking a brief pause between the topics of what we've been playing, I asked everyone what they've been playing. Um, hello, Char Woods, Onakazi, Adam Hartzell, Sampler19, Greg ZVR, Smash Reality, um, Uchida, everyone in the chat. Hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in. Um, I know it looks, looks like here we've got uh, Char Woods says he's been playing a lot of Ragnarok VR and Synth Riders, mm. so he's a big music game fan. And uh, Cosmo Dread on Akazi, nice. I hope you're enjoying it. I, I like that game a lot. I gave it a four out of five in my review. Uh, was that last week? That was last week. It was last week. Last week. Yeah. And uh, Sampler19, you've been playing a game that we're going to be talking about very soon, Doom 3 VR. And uh, I'll, I'll wait to comment on that further. And, Doom 3 uh, came yeah, out so in VR? I had no it idea. It did. It did. Yeah, yeah. I Ooh, mean, it's, uh, Good it's a thing them. that happened, and uh, it is certainly a topic... <laughs> Uh, that we're going to be covering because um, I want to I want to kind of make Jamie uncomfortable. That's what I want to do. So that's what we're going to do here oh, today. How dare you? Uh, hard to get is playing uh, Hitman Free still, which is there is a lot of content Fair. in that game. I haven't uh, I haven't managed to go back and do all the uh, Hitman One and Two levels yet. I've, I've still only done Hitman Free, but I do want to go back. Um, really hope that gets PSVR two support when that that comes along, and maybe they upgrade to those new controllers. That would be very very cool. That would uh, Charles Woods to go back. has a very unique problem that I'm not familiar with. Uh, he says that he has to find games that he can play with five player multiplayer because he has four friends. Um, that must be nice. I'm just, uh, yeah, you know, thanks to rub it in there. Yeah. Yeah. Population um, one, not for you, unfortunately. Yeah. Scott Jessica, but that is a long name. I'm not going to say it. I don't know if uh, <laughs> the new Hitman DLC, I believe it does have VR support. I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, I think I think they would clearly outline it if they were not going to do that. We've asked them about past DLCs in the past, and they've said, "Yeah, it all uh-huh. works." So, if yeah. I would assume they would say something if it was going to be different this time, but I haven't tried it myself. Right. right. Uh, the next up for what we've been playing is a game that uh, neither of us have actually been playing, <laughs> but we will we will have a review going live on the site as soon as this show is over. I have to finish editing it and prepping it for the site. Um, but Ian Hamilton of Upload VR, who you might 
recognize that name from our Monday show here on VR Download, um, where Good they show. talk about hardware news, which is the far more boring show, by the way. Mm, uh, yeah, but the, like he reviewed Hand Physics Lab. This is a game out on Quest that has um, hand tracking support. Um, you can play it without hand tracking if you wanted, but it's a game about hands, so I think it kind of makes sense to play with hand tracking. And um, it's a pretty cool, like, little sandbox game, kind of, you know, lots of different experiments and puzzles and mini games and things to do with your hands and fingers. And um, it's it's a cool showcase is what it sounds like. He, he enjoyed it. You know, there, there were some issues he had with it, but there's over 80 different little experiments and mini games you do. So um, it's pretty extensive and it's um it's one of those things that i think would be fun to show someone mm-hmm. it's like a good demo experience for someone in vr to, to have them <laughs> you know get an, an idea of what hand tracking is like in a headset yeah uh, I, I intend to try it out i haven't yet but i want to i'm definitely going to try it out i'm looking forward to playing it i hand tracking is one of those weird things on quest where every time someone says they're going to support it you're like oh, cool, that sounds like it'd be really fun. And then you get into using it and you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot that it doesn't really quite work. And this really looks like kind of almost like a celebration of the stuff that doesn't and does work, which is an interesting idea. Like, it's a nice way to frame content that, you know, even if it's not going to work, it's a test and it's an experiment. Mm -hmm. And you can go in and if it's not really for you, that's fine, go use the controllers or whatever. I mean, there's going to be some interactions in here that I don't, really think makes sense like the jenga thing i'm i'm not great on like simulating picking up blocks and whatnot i don't think that's a very good idea i'd rather have a controller in my hand for if i'm going to be physically picking something up but like hand painting really really cool idea like Uh using little stick figures maybe drawing's gonna be cool maybe trying to use a mouse i don't know um yeah so it's good i mean it's it's just something that's going to get better and better the more stable Quest hand tracking gets Word. as well, so it's kind of an investment in some in some ways. And Chad is correct. We did not have a Monday show this week. Every now and then we miss shows for various reasons. Uh, we're a small team, so if someone's busy or can't make it, sometimes it's easier to just skip a week instead of having to scramble and try to find a replacement or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and tech issues as well. Obviously, it's a evolving platform. If you watch the show regularly, you'll see every couple of weeks there's probably some type of new advancement. Uh, for example, our tablets are like three times as big now. Um, if, if you've watched before, you might remember they used to be very compact. Now they're very large. Um, yeah, so the other game that we want to talk about uh, quickly before we get into our news topics is Pavlov Shack Beta. Uh, that's a game that I played quite a bit yesterday. It just came out on App Lab on Oculus Quest. Um, so it previously was on SideQuest and amassed almost half a million downloads on SideQuest, which is crazy. Um, considering that people had to sideload and you know make a dev account and do all those hoops and everything to get the game to work on their quest before. Uh, but now, since it's on App Lab, all you have to do is click a URL, click a link, uh, download it, and you're good to go with updates and you know all that stuff automatically included now. Um, so it is out now on App Lab. It took a little while for me to get it to download. I think it was kind of getting slammed as soon as it came out. I had to... Mm-hmm. Have you ever had this happen with the Quest game where you go to click download and it finishes and it says can't install? You have to re-download the whole thing again. I think I've had that did, against like pretty much the entire line of Oculus products. That's happened to me yeah, or something or yeah. another at some point. <laughs> yeah, at some point. Yeah, so that happened like four or five times yesterday. So I because usually I would download something and then set my headset down and then come back whenever it's finished. But I had to literally stare at the bar the entire time, and it was mm. a four gig download. So it took a few minutes to get through. 
Uh, but now uh, that I have it on my quest, it does work. Does um so this is coming this is like a beta still and the full version's coming later this year for for twenty four bucks they say that mm-hmm. is it is it gonna evolve to Pavlov when it comes out in the full version or is it staying as Pavlov Shack as like this different uh, so what they what he said is that Pavlov is always going to be the PC version right. um okay. he's adding like DLSS and you know like dynamic lighting and a bunch of new features he says it is too. Literally, I'm quoting the tweet here, bleeding edge to work on anything but a PC. Um, mm. So the Quest version will um, be a separate thing. Pavlov Shack, you know, the, he's gonna, given it a slightly different name. And then um, apparently he, the Pavlov Shack is also going to be coming to uh, PSVR 2 on PS5. Um, he said that he's gotten yeah. approval as a Sony developer and, you know, all that kind of stuff, um, you know, TBD, obviously. Who knows when that's going to happen? But um, that'll that'll be crossplay with Quest, is what he says. That's one of that. That is one of those things, though, um, where certain developers, you know, the, with the best of intentions, say things are definitely happening before reality comes in, and that can happen with Pavlov sometimes, and, and a few other games. Yeah. Um, I mean, we thought we thought Pavlov was going to be on the Quest store proper uh, way way sooner than it's ended up being. Uh, but having said that, I mean, you know, I'm I'm excited for that. That's that's another indicator that yeah, a lot of the PC games that we couldn't get onto the original PSVR, hopefully, we'll be seeing on PSVR two. I think Pavlov uh-huh. could be a huge deal for PSVR two. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I will. I'll try. I'll try on Quest two. It, it means once it's out on Quest, it means we'll actually have a means of properly reviewing it, right? Because we don't. It's it's still early access on Steam, I believe. Uh, so we don't have an official official review. I believe that's the case. Let me look it up. It might it might be full of release now. I can't remember because he doubled the price on Steam. It Dude. used to be ten dollars for years and years, but now it's like twenty five dollars. Okay. Um, it might be out now. I can't remember. I know Onward is still early access on Steam, and technically mm. a beta on Quest, but that's not a thing really. So. <clears throat> Yeah, and so to answer some of the questions about the the way multiplayer works in the servers and all that stuff, and uh, whenever I played yesterday, it, it was it sounded like a lot of younger players and kind of like Hyper Dash and a lot of shooters um, typically attract um, you know teenagers and you know younger gamers that probably have played lots of Call of Duty and Fortnite and stuff. Um, but you know, everyone was was very into the game. There wasn't you know much trolling or you know like stuff like that. Everyone was having a good time. Um, so I mean, it's it, it is what it is. You can easily meet people in Pavlov, though. They make it very very simple and easy to meet people. Um, so mm. if anyone's being annoying or trolling or something, you can mute them. Um, Pavlov works like a you know a traditional kind of PC era shooter where whenever you go to the menu, you pull up a list of servers and you pick based on what map, what game mode, how many players are there, etc. There's not like you know a, a matchmaking system. It's a all server based. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's it's free. First of all, you know, it's a it's a beta version of Pavlov Shack. It's got tons of content, you know, like and you can um even like all the World War II stuff is in there. You know, like this oh, is um, cool. I want to try that. Yeah, for sure. yeah. Yeah. So I mean there's all kinds of maps, all kinds of stuff to do. There's uh there's the little like training room where you can go through target practice, all that. And it also has full bot support, so you don't even have to play with other people if you don't want. Um, bots are kind of stupid, but they are there. So, I mean, that's that's an option if you want to play co-op with friends or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very comparable to contractors. Uh, I would say it's it's already kind of in a similar state. Uh, but yeah, 
So Pavlov, I think it's going to be good for quests. I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to show some friends, you know, cause I have two quests so I can, you know, set it up on both and, you know, go <laughs> in there and actually, you know, play a game like this with them, uh, which should be fun. Yeah, it is. I uh, just checked. It is still in early access on PC. So, um, so this will be our first chance to properly review and assign a score to, uh, to Pavlov when it comes out properly on Quest later this year because we don't usually uh, rate games that are still in early access. Uh, it'll probably do that thing cool. where it might do that thing where Onward, the Onward did last year. You remember when Onward launched? as a full app on Quest, and it wasn't until you got inside the uh, the app that it said, oh, actually, this is early access. And we were like, right. no, no, not really. You have to say yeah, that first. A little, little, little bit shady, because <clears throat> yeah. the store page didn't even say it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's the main things that we've been playing right now. There, there's a lot of games coming out in April. We um, published a list and a video um, on, our, on our YouTube here, as well as on uploadvr.com. Uh, the recaps, a lot of the big releases coming this month. Um, so there's there's a lot of a lot of things to look forward to. Uh, we can we can go ahead and move on to news now, and uh, to kind of segue the topic. One of the first news topics I want to bring up is today is the first day of April, which means we have announced our new upload access game of the month. Um, last month we had Wraith: The Oblivion Afterlife, where every couple days we would have new footage, new interviews, new details, screenshot artwork, exclusive coverage of the game. It's kind of like our version of a cover story, but we're not a magazine, so we call it Upload Access. Uh, this month in April, we're going to be doing Mask Maker. Uh, this is a game that I think a lot of people are excited about. It's from the creators of A Fisherman's Tale. Uh, speaking of really clever, cool VR puzzle games. It looks really impressive. I know this is a game you're excited about, right, Jamie? Yeah, I'm really excited. But like you said, uh, Inner Space did Fisherman's Tale. They also did some really, really cool experiences called uh, Firebird. One was called La Perry. Uh, the, the other one was called Unfinished a long time ago. Uh, but they're a really interesting developer. They come up with really, really cool concepts for puzzle games. So in Fisherman's Tale, you probably know there's that incredible recurring world where you kind of have a model in the middle of the room and you can kind of interact with it, lift the roof off and realize that you're actually like standing in the model yourself and you have that kind of really cool pass the items to yourself gameplay, scale everything around. Mask Maker, the idea is that you make masks and when you put them on, you embody kind of like uh, like souls or something, I guess you'd say, in these different biomes around the world go around those biomes, explore them, see what you can find. And then you might spot another kind of soul off in the distance wearing another kind of mask. And then you can analyze the mask, see what you need to make it. Uh, and then you'll find like maybe natural ingredients out in the world. I mean, I've seen a gameplay demo where like one mask had feathers. And then, so you have to go and find some feathers. Well, there's a bird in the sky and he's kind of circling around this mountaintop. So if you walk to the mountaintop, you find the nest, you get some feathers, go downstairs, make the mask you can embody that uh, other being. Um, so it has some really, really cool ideas, really cool concepts. Uh, if you're looking uh, on the screen right now on Stevie, it looks absolutely stunning. It's actually out this month. It's um, it's coming out, I want to say, April 20th uh, on PSVR and PCVR. No quest confirmed yet. Um, and we're going to be doing some really, really cool stuff. I've already sat down with the developer uh, to talk about their history, talk about the game's history. David's already chatted with uh, MWM Interactive, who are the publishers of the game, which is going to be really, really cool 
little chat. Uh, and then we're going to have some gameplay reveals. We're going to have a gameplay walkthrough, which I'm really looking forward to. We're going to dive into the mask-making aspect of the game. And it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be good. So starting tomorrow, cool. new gameplay clip tomorrow, or footage, I should say, tomorrow. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, Upload Access is... Uh... A free thing. Some people back when we announced it last month thought it was a like paid membership thing, but it is a mm. free um, thing. We just call it upload access because we're giving you first access exclusive coverage of upcoming VR games. Uh, last month was Wraith the Oblivion Afterlife. This month is Massmaker, and we've already got the next two months locked in. So we are uh, we're building up a really cool uh, thing here that everyone can look forward to. So stay tuned to uploadvr.com for all the latest. And we have a little graphic on our article that's pinned on the website right now that shows you which day we're going to have different things for MassMaker if you want to check that out. Um, One other quick news thing that I want to touch on before we get into the bigger news topics is you might be excited about Zenith The Last City, an upcoming VR MMO. Uh, We had a 45-minute interview that premiered here on our YouTube channel as well as a 6,000-word transcript on our website and tons of coverage of the game over the past few weeks. Um, the alpha was scheduled to start in just a couple weeks from now, but they had to delay it to May um, to do some bug fixes and other you know, enhancements and improvements before they let people in for the preview weekend and alpha test. Um, so it was delayed about two or three weeks. Um, so just to let you know, if that was something you're looking forward to, it is delayed. Um, so you can find more details on that on the website at zenithmmo.com. Um, so the next, the, one of the main news topics we have today is Oculus Studios has... Uh, or not in Oculus Studios, but Mike Doran from Oculus Studios said that de- development cycles are getting longer for their games because they're making bigger and more complex games. Mm. Um, well, what do you think that quote means, Jamie? Do, I mean, well, what does that mean to you? I think it's a very interesting quote because if you've been following kind of the Oculus Studios history since, I guess since 2016, I'd imagine there would be some studios projects that released beforehand on Gear VR, but the launch of the Rift in 2016 is when all of this really kicked off. Um, they were releasing lots of content very, very quickly. Uh, and these games must have had very short development cycles. So famously, um, Edge of Nowhere for from Insomniac Games released around the time that the Rift came out. And then I think it was... Man, like, Insomniac put out so many games at the beginning of the Rift. They, they had oh, exactly. what, Unspoken, Edge of Nowhere, Feral Rights. Yeah, in the uh, first year. Stormlands. That was in 2016. Yeah, that's, so, that's nuts. That's yeah. That's free games from a studio that like has you know then took like three or four years to make that giant Spider-Man game, and then took a couple of years to make Stormlands as well on on Rift. Um, mm-hmm. But and then in 2017, you also remember um, Facebook's ambition was to publish like a Rift exclusive, like pretty much every month, like kicking off a Robo Recall, and then stuff like Brass Tactics and From Other Sons came out across the course of the year. Um, so they you know they had this really tight little system going on uh, of trying to very, very, very rapidly uh, meet the demand for VR content. And we got some good stuff out of that. We got Lone Echo out of that. We got uh, Echo Arena out of that. And uh, that was all really, really good content. But I think now that they have the success of Quest 2 on their side, especially, uh, it's time to start doubling down and doing what Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo do, which is the give their developers long, long lead times to make really, really high quality products. And we're kind of already seeing some of that. Lone Echo 2 has obviously been in development for coming on about like, I think like it was first teased a couple of months after Lone Echo 1. So 
I think we're coming yeah. up on like the fourth anniversary of it first ever being mentioned now, <laughs> which is crazy. And obviously, yeah. uh, Medal of Honor took three years as well. So we, we have seen some of this before. Um, the, the other thing about uh, coming from Doran this week was that he also said uh, that he, he the, there's amazing partnerships coming down the line. And I know it's a little like, I know, a little substanceless for us to report on something like that. But at the same time, like, it's it's exciting, right? Like, we know uh-huh. Assassin's Creed and Spinter Cell coming from Ubisoft. Uh, and it sounds like there's there's more beyond that. This isn't just, okay, Facebook is showing its commitment to VR games because they pu- they're publishing two games from Ubisoft. It sounds like they're kind of like spreading themselves out in the gaming industry now and going to the the big dogs, shall we say. So potentially maybe, you know, more EA games, potentially more Capcom games, things like that. It's going to be really, really interesting to see if they they deliver on these promises and some of those bigger, yeah. bigger studios and publishers really are jumping in now in, in meaningful ways because, you know, like Capcom did Resident Evil 7 but then didn't do anything else for uh, <laughs> four years again now. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, I'll be really interested to know if they're going to keep that line of exclusivity throughout all of this is, are they going to Capcom and are they getting Capcom? I mean, they might not be going to Capcom. I'm just using Capcom as an example. Are they getting them to make exclusive content or are they, you know, part of the decision-making process that means Capcom is going to start bringing games to Quest and PSVR 2 and PC and stuff like that. I really want to know what's going to happen there because obviously Medal of Honor ended up coming to Steam VR which might signal kind of a more open future for them in their gaming plans. Um, but we'll see. I, 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 I'm excited. I, I think we know, we don't know, again, I'm speculating, but I think it's pretty obvious that uh, Sanzaro Games is probably being given a few years to make Asgard's Wrath 2, whatever it could potentially be. Uh, we yeah. know that Ready at Dawn, we know that Ready at Dawn is working on Lone Echo 2. Um, who else do they own now? They own Beat Games. Is there? I feel like there might be someone else, but I don't. I could be wrong. I think it's just those three. I think those are the three yeah. they've purchased recently. I think, um, you know, if you look at a great example is someone like, um, you know, Microsoft or Sony, where, um, the the trick to it is you want there to be bigger AAA games more often, right? You know, ideally yeah. you're going to have big tempo releases every year. Uh, multiple releases spread across the entire year to keep people with something to look forward to. But in order to do that, you need to give developers, you know, two, three, four plus years to make a game. Um, So someone like Sony and Microsoft, they own so many studios that they can space it out. Like, okay, we'll give you four years, you get four years, you get four years, and they all start at different periods. So Mm. just the way time works is that naturally you'll get, you know, two to three big releases a year or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Facebook is still building towards that, right? Because they don't have enough users yet to justify the type of funding. They don't have enough you know, it, they're getting there, obviously, with the Quest. It's been very successful, but uh, we're just not at the point yet where, where we can reasonably expect a Medal of Honor or, you know, Asgard Draft sized game every three or four months because that's just not possible. But I think yeah. that's the goal, right? I mean, that's what they want to build towards while still giving time for them to be big and complex. That's the trick is that you want the best of both worlds, but you need time and investment to do that. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it, it kind of speaks for itself in what you see. This is a huge month for Quest releases. I think overall there's like 
between like six to ten pretty cool looking games coming out but it is all stuff like floor plan too which is as much as i love is like a, a three hour puzzle game and then like an arena shooter called swarm is uh coming out and traffic jams which is really, really again a really cool looking game but it's like this nice kind of niche mini game concept being stretched out into a full thing um uh-huh. and and that's that's we really don't know what's on the horizon for big quest content right now. Like that's all we've really got to look forward to in the next couple of months. And it's going to be really, really interesting to see, I guess what they've lined up later for this year. Like Doran was speaking in, you know, three to seven years, but talking to that point about like having those like two big releases a year or something, is that something we're going to get this year? Is the reason that, you know, Lone Echo 2's been away for so long because there could potentially be a quest port of it. Uh, what's going on with After the Fall? They've said that, you know, there's it's coming to other unannounced VR platforms, right, which right. could potentially be mean it's a very big hitter for Quest as well. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see as we move into the second half of the year uh, in a few months' time and we start, again, thinking about the holiday release period. Facebook's not got a new hardware presumably this this holiday season, unless they're going to drop some big surprise on us at uh, Facebook Connect. So what they need is really, really good software that's going to start selling this stuff. Just like how Sony sells a PS5 uh, last Christmas period with you know a slate of pretty good launch games. But you know this year it wants Horizon and it wants, I don't think it will happen, but it says God of War is going to happen. Uh, and then they've no. got a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, it won't happen, but they said 2021. Um, that's you know that's that's just the classic game plan at the end of the day you know microsoft's probably going to have halo for uh this holiday season so what is facebook going to do to compete they have to have something big i think and i i hope it's slow echo too but we'll we'll see yeah yeah i mean i i think there's still a lot of potential for porting over rift content to the quest as well i think there's um, so many great Rift games that um, people didn't play just because at the time they came out, um, you know, not enough people had headsets or, um, you know, maybe it was just a bad time or it wasn't marketed well. Um, games like in the chat, people are talking about VR Sports Challenge. That would that would be a great quest game. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really great uh, mini game kind of showcase. Uh, football, basketball, hockey, you know, like it's very fun, very replayable, lots of challenges. If they could find a way to add multiplayer, it'd be even better. Um, From Other Sons is one that comes up in my mind a lot as mm-hmm. a really fun roguelike style game that had um, a lot of ambitious ideas. And I th- I think, you know, visually, I think it would be portable down to the quest. If something like Saints and Sinners can get on quest, I don't see why From Other Sons couldn't get ported to quest. And, um, you know, I think that's a- another great one. And that was Gunfire Games. So that's a studio that made a whole slew of Gear VR titles. I forgot what that series was called. It was the top-down Zelda-style moss. Yeah, no, before that. Um, they had a whole oh, series oh, of... Oh, um, Herobound. Herobound, there you go. You and the then they did Chronos thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they, uh, they've they done VR games before, and now they, they had a big hit with Remnant from the Ashes outside of VR. Um, so, you know, I would love to see From Other Sons on Quest and I think that there's a lot of potential there and um, maybe that's what's in store, you know, because what was a developer told us that um, Facebook told them that every that the entire year is booked for quest releases, essentially, Mm. that every week they've already planned out what's coming out. Um, So, yeah, yeah, they have a very tight control over that platform. I wonder if um, 
How much money would, if you were Facebook, how much money would you throw at looking at squadrons last year and then going to EA and saying, get this onto Quest 2, please? That could be a quick win. There could be quick wins to be had this year. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's a very technically uh, I mean, complicated thing to do. But Yeah, I think I think that would take quite a while to get that ported down uh, mm-hmm. because I think they would essentially have to rebuild it. I don't think the whole game would be possible. Um, it would probably have to be an abbreviated experience of some kind. And it's true. You have to assume that if yeah. if it would be possible, or it would probably already be on Switch as well. Actually, is 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 a good point, good indicator of yeah, that yeah, th- th- that's true. Yeah, yeah. But we'll see. It's you know, it's I'm I'm excited because as long as Oculus Studios has been around, they've had let's say like maybe two or three really really big hitters, and that's got to be Asgard's, and that's got to be the Echo series. Um, and then maybe there's something else I'm thinking about. But even in terms of like, you know, Quest is such an incredible device, but I think the best game on it, we, we say, is Walking Dead, which uh-huh. is, not a, is not a Studios thing. And Studios is yet to really put out something of that caliber themselves for Quest, I think. Like, you know, there's some cool That's stuff. Like Journey, Journey of the Gods is cool, but it's not mm-hmm. a definitive. Like, everyone's forgotten about it, essentially, right? Like, it doesn't yeah. come to the top of anyone's, like, must-play lists anymore. And it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, not just as, as Quest grows and becomes, like, this great thing for fitness and productivity and everything else, but also really establishes itself as a gaming console. It's going to be great to see what they do there as well, or exciting to see. Might be terrible. Yeah, it's it's interesting because you can look back, you can almost see the same thing happening where with the original Rift, back the first couple years of that, it was a lot of smaller games. You know, it was, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Dead and Buried. It was, you know, something like The Unspoken or it was, you know, games that it seems like weren't probably in development for more than a year or two. Um, at the most. And and the same thing happened when the quest came out. When the first quest launched, you had Dead and Buried 2. You had Journey of the Gods. You had those kind of smaller games that were cool, but they wanted to have a breadth of content at launch rather than two or three giant games. Tick the boxes. Um, So now, can I say that again? Tick the boxes. They wanted to have this genre and this genre and say it could be there on day one. Right, exactly. And um, now I think... I think the Quest 2 is going to be a similar thing where now, like when the Rift Desk came out, they started marketing Stormland, Asgard's Wrath, Lone Echo 2, which still isn't out. But now that we have Quest 2, I'm hoping there will be big studios games like those that they bring down to Quest. If not a port, something made for Quest or, you know, just something on caliber of Saints and Sinners, like you said, because mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, Skydance did work some magic there. You know, it's just it was it was a fantastic port. Could be Boneworks. Boneworks would be a really, really big mm. one. This the, the spin-off yeah. that they're planning that would be huge for uh, if they yeah. can get all that physical stuff onto it. It could be great. Adam Hartzell, uh, you have a great point uh, that this era of VR feels a lot like the NES era with lots of uh, small, low bar quality games. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I I know what you mean. Like, you, and that's almost a very literal thing. Like you saw. In the NES era, you saw games just called ice hockey and games just called tennis, and that's kind of that's kind of Golf. what we're still yeah, it's what yeah. we're getting right now because we don't we don't need the iterations on those things yet. We need the the founding ideas. We just need the simulation to be as close as it can get right now, um, and that's that results in that kind of interesting scaled down set of projects that will you know eventually be getting fleshed out to Mario Golf and Tiger Woods Golf and PGA Tour and everything like that, where, you know, you, you get the, the deeper experiences. Yeah, and I think um, Hard to Get makes a good point. You know, when PSVR 2 comes out, 
mm-hmm. by that point, I think that's gonna that's gonna be a big year for VR because uh, whatever Sony's been working on for that headset is probably gonna push some boundaries. And uh, one of the first PSVR came out um, in late 2016. You know, that was when a lot of the first full VR games were coming out. You know. Mm-hmm. I think PSVR had the best library for the longest time, and I think it still is, you know, arguably better than um, the other headsets. And, um, you know, so I think Sony has the deeper pockets right now and the experience and long, you know, development cycles to, you know, fund those types of games in VR. So I, I have my fingers crossed for PSVR too, really kind of, you know, blowing the doors off things and, um, you know, doing some cool stuff because I think there's a lot of potential there. And I think we could see that trickle down to pushing um, Facebook as well, you know, competition and, you know, all tides raise all ships, blah, 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 all, all the different things people have for this kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I agree. That's th- that's the thing that excites me about uh, Mount. <laughs> that's the thing that excites me the most about PSVR too, as well. Like, Facebook has all the money and resources in the world to, you know, develop this brilliant cutting edge uh, technology for VR that pushes it forward. But Sony has been in the content making game for gaming uh, for like 25 years now for a very, very, very long time. And they know how to make these connections, these relationships, these deals uh, that get you something like Resident Evil 7. Or, you know, the internal uh, development acumen that gets you something like blood and truth. They have all that. And Facebook's only just starting out in that, in that world. And they've got, you know, they've, they've chosen well with the studios they bought in terms of Ready at Dawn and Sanzaro and B Games. But, you know, getting it to that next level where they can go to someone like Capcom and, and make those deals that get us, you know, VR versions of new Resident Evil games or Monster Hunters or whatnot. That's mm-hmm. where, that's where Sony's strength lies at the moment for sure. But people will start paying more attention to Facebook with, you know, the continued success of Quest for sure as well. Yeah, I've got I've got two good comments I want to call out here. One from Hussein X, PSVR2, the savior of PC VR. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> and, point. Um, and Greg ZVR, I fully agree with. Um, let's keep in mind PSVR is based on decade-old technology and look yeah. at what they were able to do with that, you know? Like yeah. that's I'm, that's beyond impressive. You know, now that the, they've created something just built specifically for VR and specifically for the PS5. You know that is, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be pretty incredible. I think you go back and watch some of the old videos um, of Sony working on this stuff in the early days. Yeah, literally they were, taping a move to a, yeah <laughs> a to play old PS3 games. And like, there's yeah. that like that video of like uh, Shuhei playing God of War three in first yeah, person in VR. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> like, the, it really, really was PS3 era tech that they just updated for the PS4. And and when they said, yeah, the PS4 gives us the power to make VR experiences, it still didn't really. But it's yeah, it's already, yeah. there's a GDC video from 2014, uh, I think it is, where it's just it's just a fascinating watch. Uh, yeah, we have it on the site. I remember I wrote about it, um, I think in 2016, I wrote about that video where Sh- mm-hmm. uh, Shuhei was playing God of War on the Morpheus prototype. Um, so you can probably find it on our website, I think. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be crazy. We got kind of sidetracked there a little bit, but that's what happens every week. Um, I think the fun. Uh, longer development cycles overall are a good thing. And I think um, because you can supplement that with indies and, you know, it's, you know, smaller tier games in between the big releases. And that's that's how every platform is, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think it's a good thing. I think we'll see some great stuff, and I have my fingers crossed. And it's been five years of consumer VR. I think the next five are going to be even better. Um, so here here's to hoping. And also here's to Big Show, who tips $5 saying, I was shocked uh, how good Pavlov is on Quest 2. People still give Quest cheesy jokes, uh, but it does so much more high-end PC VR headsets don't do. You are absolutely right. Thank you very much for the tip there, Big Show. And you yeah, are totally you. right. Like, the, just the, it's wireless gives Quest a very big advantage over PC, even with the lack of power. Um, it's where I love to play some of PC VR's best games. I love playing Superhot the most on Quest because the wireless just takes it to another level. I love playing yeah, other yeah. games that don't come to mind right now. Just because I mean, of for that me, lack like, of wire. The Quest 2 is my PC headset now as well because of virtual desktop. I can use it wirelessly. Yep. You know, it's just, it's it's pretty amazing. So I think it's um it's it's pretty great. Oh, there's G-Dog Cheeseburger. What's up? Yo, You're G-Dog. about uh, 40 minutes late, so no worries. Just, you know, just the last bit of the show, G-Dog. But don't worry, it's YouTube. You can rewind. It's yeah. almost like live, except it's, it's, it's not. But it's good to see you, my friend. I'm glad you're here. Now let's move on to our big topic. Everyone, get ready. Get your pitchforks out. Um, if you have no. printed out Jamie's face already, get your darts ready to throw them at his eyeballs because use it, is time, a- it is time that we dig into the travesty, the absolute just disgusting thing that was Jamie's <laughs> Doom 3 VR edition review on PSVR. Um, I say this as someone that has not played the game yet. So let me tell you from my expert point of view, just like our commenters, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that, um, his review is very well written. So if you haven't oh, read you. it, you should absolutely go read it. Um, but let's go ahead and just dive into it here, Jamie. You were not a fan of the PSVR edition port of Doom 3 VR. You know, it sounds like there are some major problems with the way the port was done and with the with the way the game is designed that it just mm-hmm. didn't meld. It didn't gel well with you as a VR experience. So can you kind of give us a summary of why? Yeah. So when you said when you said uh, there's problems with the way the game is designed, you are not saying there is problems with the way the VR port has been done. You're saying there's problems with the way the game in 2004, way before VR was really a thing in the in the gaming market, has been designed. Doom for, uh, Doom Three was made so very very long ago as a agile PC shooter to be played on mouse and keyboard mainly. Now, obviously, like compared to other Doom titles, is actually one of the slower ones in the series. But compared to what's comfortable in VR, it's still lightning fast and you know very very uh, active. So, I I was excited to play Doom, uh, visit it again. I, I actually only played it for the first time last year, as as God intended it on the Nintendo Switch Lite, um, which I really enjoyed. And I got in. Start playing it. I, you know, I played it first time. I played it for an hour, uh, and it just made me ungodly sick. And I never get sick in VR. So this was a like, what is going on here? Yeah, why that's, am I? That's kind of surprising. Yeah, why am I feeling this bad? Um, and then once I returned to it for my next, like, I think I played like five or six hours in the next run. Like, just really killed it on Sunday. Um, I sat on a chair and. Fortunately, that cleared up the sickness for me. But I'm playing Doom 3. I'm running down corridors. And first of all, you know, you've got that kind of weird thing with the locomotion where really you're just camera is gliding. So it doesn't 
really feel like you're there and the faster you're going the more obvious it's there's something off between you and your body and then doom 3 is not a, pre- a precision shooter it's it's using right. the aim controller which is really really cool but i'm not i'm not lifting it up and taking like carefully well-placed well-aimed shots from behind cover i'm just using the sticks to like gun it down corridors when i see a uh, when i see an enemy firing me i'm not like physically reacting to that i'm just using my joysticks to jolt one way or the other to avoid a fireball or something like that mm-hmm. and then just kind of running up with the aim controller and just squeeze the trigger and just squeeze the trigger and just kind of just very very i, I watched another review uh, that's, that said the aiming is very casual and that's that's a good way to put it i think i don't i understand that people love doom free and i understand that the sensation of seeing doom free in 3d and being able to play in 3d for 10 hours to some people that's a very good thing and a, and a fun thing and a fine thing but as an expression of what's going to be possible with vr especially in shooters in the years to come it's a very 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 shallow experience and so that's when when i give it two stars i'm kind of not I'm I'm kind of saying like yeah there's there's at least three whole other stars of how much better shooters can get in VR and I think if you disagree with that that's kind of a disservice to how much better this medium can do and how much better this genre can do inside headsets because uh-huh. we already have Alex and we already have Saints and Sinners and we already have Boneworks that really show you just how different and alive these experiences can become inside headsets whereas this is just something from 2004 that is fun to see in 3D. And it's it can be fun to play if you really like the experience. And it, it even works well with the DualShock 4 controller. So if you want to have even closer to the original experience, that's fun. That's great. That's fine. But that is not a genuinely excellent expression of what VR can do. It's a very, very, very shallow realization think, of what it can do. You know, like let's also give Archeax some credit here because yep. you know what they had to work with isn't their fault. You know, this, like exactly. you said, this is a game... That's 17 years old um, that was never designed really with VR in mind, um, honestly. Um, so, yep. I mean, it's, you know, if you love Doom and you have nostalgia for it and you love, you know, shooting monsters, you love the speed of those kind of games, you don't get motion sick and you love your aim controller, you know, like you're probably going to have fun, right? I mean, this isn't like a bad game. You know, it's yeah. not like it's unfinished. There's enough content here. It's still, but it's, Whenever you look at this in the scheme of VR and you look back at what we've had over the last five years and what we have coming, um, you know, I think, um, you know, your review makes sense because it's from the point of view of someone that's looking at the market as a whole. And, um, you know, I think obviously every review is subjective, right? You know, a lot of the people in the comments are struggling with the concept that someone can disagree with them. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I think this is a great example of why um, having reviews is a is a good thing you know I don't, I don't know i mean i feel like i would want to know the issues you pointed out before i go in i would want to be aware that there are scaling issues that i can't really aim down the sites that you know it's a very fast game i might get sick like those are things that you should be aware of and mm-hmm. so i think it's important that um you you wrote the review that you did um so if if um if anyone disagrees let us know in the chat right now tell us tell us what you disagree with <laughs> yeah I, i'm glad you brought up archiact because the other the other thing i want to say is they actually made an incredibly stunningly immersive and unique game a couple of years ago called freediver triton down which was a underwater uh diving game where you were kind of trapped on a, a ship and you kind of had to swim through corridors and uh open lever uh, pool levers and everything like that and it was a 
it was short and it was kind of rough, but it was a really fantastically immersive experience that told me that Archiact are a studio that really, really understand the power of VR. And I, you know, I think working on this, I, I firmly believe that, you know, they were like, okay, let's have some fun with this and make a really cool, fun, uh, fast-paced shooter. And they did. But I think they're also very aware that it's not as immersive as Triton Down, Freediver. They, they know that that's their kind of pillar of VR also, design. One thing that I will say is that if you like, like if you're approaching this from the point of view of having nostalgia for Doom 3, then um, you know what I'm going to say isn't going to really apply to you. But if you want a fast-paced shooter that is very quick, that has you know aim support, all those things, um, you should look into Evasion. You know that's another yep. Archaic game. It's a very similar concept. It's not a horror game, but it is a very fast-paced bullet hell style shooter in VR, where you have to constantly be moving, where you have to be dodging bullets and projectiles all the time. There's destructible environments. There's co-op. Um, you know, Evasion's a cool game. I liked Evasion quite a lot. Yeah, here's a trailer for it if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, there's different classes and stuff, and um, this was Archeax, I think their first VR game from multiple years ago. And a lot of people kind of forget about it. I hope it gets ported to Quest. I would love that. Um, you know, that would be great. But Evasion's cool. It's a lot like Doom. It has co-op support. It has aim controller support on PSVR. Um, cool game. I liked it a lot. Um, you can read my review of it for more on it. Um, so it's kind of similar to Doom with more of a sci-fi angle. So if that's something you're mm. interested in, definitely um, you know look out for um, that. Name name Kusigen, uh Apologies if I said the name wrong. You're you're bringing up some great points that for you, uh, just pointing a gun in a direction with your hand is enough, and that you really really want the fast-paced stuff. And I totally respect that. I do genuinely totally respect that. I just don't believe that current VR game design and technology is to the point where it can keep pace with those shooters at the end of the day. I think that in order to have something that fast paced, you kind of have to take some immersion away, which I think is a real shame. And I, and I, I would say like once VR like tech is there that I can feel like I'm walking down the, the corridors in doom free. And, and if we ever get that kind of experience, it might be, it might be incredible where I can set my own running pace and feel like I'm actually running and that I actually need to avoid these fireballs and stuff then I might think it's absolutely fantastic. But right there, right now, I just don't think the technology and I don't think game design is there to keep it immersive. But if that's, you know, if that's what you want, I think that's, that's absolutely fair game. I just personally don't mm -hmm. think it's a really good expression of what you can do best with this tech right now, which is why I went with the score I did. And if you're interested in more um, insight from the developers, we do have an interview up on the site on uploadvr.com. Uh, where I talked with the executive producer about some of the things that they did to get the game running in VR. Um, that interview was conducted and transcribed, you know, before we got access to the game for review. Uh, so mm -hmm. small caveat there that did inform some of the <laughs> questions I asked. I wasn't able to ask questions about the issues we had because we hadn't played it yet. Mm -hmm. um, and then the embargo for the review was a day after the game launched. Um, so there was some weirdness there in the timing. But um, if before. you want to uh, say that again. Day before, not day after. Uh, no, the review embargo was Monday. The uh, the review embargo was Sunday. The interview embargo was Monday. So the oh, the, was sorry, the after. interview embargo. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, the interview was embargoed after. Forgive the me. Yeah. So um, one other thing that I think we should talk about, and this is something that's mentioned in your review a little bit, is how does it compare to the Quest Two version? I know we have yep. a, a 
a very detailed video comparison where you talk about the differences, you show the differences in the graphics and in the controls, because obviously on Quest 2, you have two motion track controllers in your hands. On PSVR, you have either a DualShock or an AIM controller. Um, so you don't have hand presence with separate hands. Um, that's kind of the main difference probably from a gameplay mm-hmm. point of view. But um, what, what are the other differences between the two versions? Because the Quest 2 version, uh, for those unaware, is not an official port. The Quest 2 version, you are required to sideload onto your headset and you must own the PC version of the game to copy over files and mod it. Um, so it's a modded version of the of of the game that is not officially available, whereas the PSVR version you can buy right now for, I think, 20 bucks or whatever. Um, so what are the other differences between the two versions? Yeah, uh, interestingly, I think you, you're going to start seeing it now. The Quest version looks a lot better. <laughs> which is through some, you know, a, kind of a variety. Right? Yeah, very surprising. It's through a variety of techniques that they were uh, very determined at Team Beef to pull off. Um, and, you know, it has performance settings and everything like that that uh, that really kind of get the most out of the resolution that's improved on Quest over PSVR. Uh, something that you're going to see in this video in a second, which I think is, I, I just love this. Um on the on the PSVR version, when you use the PDA in the game to get objectives and read the lore, it just comes up as a 2D window. Um, but in the Quest version, they've actually worked to bring it in into the actual 3D game world as an environment, uh, an environmental thing you could hold in your hand, uh, and it like kind of beams out of this uh, little projector thing you're holding. And I just think that's such a brilliant like juxtaposition that the the mod was the version of the game that got that. And then the official one was, you know, sticks to that kind of compromised 2D uh, view route. But, you know, at the end of the day, like the, the mod people, even though they won't, they probably won't have had the resources that Archeact have had, they'll, they'll have had more creative freedom, I'm sure, in some senses than, uh, than Archeact would have had. Um, the scaling in both versions of the game is a bit off, but a bit better in the Quest version. So when I, when I say scaling... In the early days of VR, we talk about how, like, if you put a headset on on just any 3D game world before, you know, it had, it had actually been seriously adapted and ported for VR, it, it looked weird. Everything looked either too small yeah. or too big because no one had actually uh-huh. made these things to the scale of your eyesight, essentially. Um, but here, th- nothing's been done about some of the character designs. So there's these really weird looking characters with like grape sized heads that you're like talking to them. There's one sitting on a bench and every gameplay video I've watched, and I've watched a lot to see if people agree with me. Uh, every gameplay I video I've watched that you run up the stairs and there's this dude sitting on, uh, the bench before you go into the facility and everyone stops and looks at him and is like, why are you so small? It's so strange. <laughs> it's so strange. And then, you know, people say, like, it's some people say, you can't, you can't even really communicate that in 2D footage, yeah. right? Because it doesn't, it doesn't demonstrate what it feels like when you're inside the headset. And it's also going to feel more dramatic for, for different people because if I'm a taller person or a shorter person or, you know, whatever the case may be, everyone's perception is going to be a little different. And that makes mm. it very hard to port a non VR game to VR in the first place. But, um, you know, also just the fact that this one does kind of have those scaling issues makes it uh, a little more pronounced. And I think, um, you know, that, you know, for a game like this, that is a little darker and slower and um, I, I ideally, theoretically more immersive um, than mm-hmm. another than any other Doom game. I think that definitely kind of, you know, hinders the you know, the effectiveness of, you know, the, the, the immersion. Right. 
Yeah. You do get um, wrist-mounted uh, inventory and UI and whatnot in the PSVR version, which is very cool. So the the ammo counter is built into the gun, which is very, very nice. Health meter on your uh, left wrist. Uh, I think you can switch them over as well. They, they have left-handed support in this one. Um, but yeah, like uh, the other thing is I, I people bring up Resident Evil 7 as well. They'll say, well, you still say Resident Evil 7 is one of the best PSVR games, but it's not... Um, you know, there's not there's not even any like motion controlled uh, aiming there, just, apart from with your head. The thing about Resident Evil Seven is that's an incredibly immersive world and experience. And you know, when it was being developed, it still did have you know VR taken into consideration. So walking down a corridor at the pace Resident Evil sets and taking part in that slower, more methodical combat remains far more immersive than this uh for me i don't i mean i'd I'd, Mm -hmm. I'd imagine you'd agree with me at the end of the day um yeah i think in in terms of immersion and presence and you know feeling like a natural part of the world for sure you know i think um there is something to these types of fast shooters that i do enjoy you know i liked playing the dr beef ports of the original doom i had a lot of fun with that of wolf and return to Castle wolfenstein um i streamed that one here on the channel had fun um you know, this is a game that I think I would enjoy playing in VR, um, despite all the shortcomings. But mm-hmm. it's um, it's something that someone that has spent a lot of time in VR can approach and kind of go in knowing what the issues are and look past it to have fun with the experience, which is fine. Um, but whenever it comes to reviewing something like this, you know, your review has to be helpful for people of all experience levels in VR. And so I think um, that's why a lot of the issues you brought up were mentioned. And that's something that, you know, maybe if someone has spent hours and hours running around a Pavlov, they don't care. You know, so that's yep. fine. You know, read the review, see what the issues are, and then you can make the decision for yourself. But, you know, from your perspective, you know, you have to give a review from, you know, your own perspective. Yeah, for sure. And, and and to add to that, I I will say, like, I do totally sympathize with the idea that I've reviewed two games this week. One of them has about 15 hours of content and I've given it a two stars. And uh, the other one has about three to four hours of content and I've given it four stars. And I, I write those things knowing that a lot of the comments are going to, you know, either notice that discrepancy or they're going to go in and try these things for themselves and say, I actually ended up preferring Doom 3 because of that. Mm-hmm. But what what I always really look for myself in these experiences, and I think trans something that speaks to people that read our reviews beyond just you know the core gaming audience that is already entrenched in Pavlov and everything like that, is those kinds of really unique VR design moments that really communicate what the technology can do. And so in Floor Plan Two, there's. I don't want to spoil the, any of the puzzle solutions, but there's this, just this absolutely brilliant moment where you're in a space station, there's an astronaut outside, and you've got all these switches. Um, and the solution to the puzzle, you don't know it, but he does. So he's pointing to you uh, from outside to the switches and then like nodding his head when you've got the right one. And you're kind of like moving and keeping eye contact with him at the same time. It's just it's such an incredibly electric a live moment but i do also sympathize that that's you know a, like a 30 second experience that mm-hmm. might have made more impact on me than the entirety of doom free vr but it it's only 30 seconds and at the end of the day it's a 25 dollar experience and it's that's five more than uh than doom so i do 
I do sympathize with that, but in my opinion, that that kind of stuff is there to be stated in a review. I'm I'm there to say the game has three hours of content, but it's amazing. And the game has, you know, 10 hours of content, but it's not very good. And the the, the kind of numeric data there. I really kind of lead the reader to decide how important that is to them. I'm never, I, yeah. I try, I try not to use length as such a negative or, or such a positive yeah, because I, 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 hate, I think it's, I hate it's that different. Personally. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's different for everyone in, in different situations. And that is stuff that is of differing importance to uh, other people. So even though, yes, it has more content and I do sympathize for people that, you know, prefer that angle. I will give you the information for that stuff in my review, but I, I don't let it weigh up too much in my own my own uh, judgments. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, everyone values their time and their money differently. So, <clears throat> yeah, I think um, it's it's really impressive what Doctor Beef and Team Beef was able to do with the Doom Three VR port. I mm-hmm. think um, they you know did a pretty great job, and um, there's some really impressive stuff there. Uh, so, I mean, I, either version, I think if you're interested in this type of game, you know, check out some reviews, look at some footage and uh, decide for yourself. If you have played it and you love it, then that's awesome. Um, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, being proud of enjoying things that other people don't. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Who cares? I like a lot of stuff that Jamie hates. Zack Snyder's oh, Justice yeah. League, masterpiece of cinema, one of the greatest oh, films of all God. time. We and let someone that takes Zack Snyder movies, <laughs> our masterpieces, we let them review content on our website. Can you imagine okay, it's, that? It's not, it's not a masterpiece. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I did enjoy it a lot. I enjoyed it a I'm, lot. I'll, I'll check it out one day. If this lockdown keeps happening, I might be driven to that point. Well, luckily for you, it's broken into eight parts, so you don't have to watch it all at once if you don't want to. Oh, thank goodness. Hey, Smash Reality, I absolutely agree that Accounting Yes is 15 minutes long, and I still think everyone should try it because I think Accounting has absolutely incredible moments that you can only do in VR, and that is a perfect yeah. example. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I, w- one of the things I loved about Accounting is that if you just don't do anything, it's it's hilarious. I mean, the, yeah. the characters will just continue to talk, and it's just so funny. Yeah, it's so. it's very, very Justin Roiland. <laughs> It's yeah, it's, yeah, for sure. If you haven't, if you haven't tried accounting, uh, there is a free version, and you should absolutely go give it a try. I still love that. But that's uh, cool. I think that's. I think that's our show. Yeah, yeah, good one. That was a good time. Uh, thank you, everyone in chat, for hanging out with us. I hope you had a good time chatting about VR and getting a little heated and um, telling Jamie how wrong he is. I, I appreciate. <laughs> Um, everyone showing up to shout at him uh, through words. There wasn't enough caps, though. I think you guys need to work on that. Um, mm, so thank mm. you to our members, Dominique Frutchman, John Westra, B.R. Shaw, Adam Hartzell, Smash Reality, and Steve Evans for all of your support being a member here on our YouTube channel. And also shout out to Big Show for donating $5 in Super Chat today. Uh, so thank you very much for that. Everyone, if you want to continue to give us money, you can do that by going to Amazon.com and buying an Upload VR t-shirt. And it is a glorious piece of cloth that has our logo on it. Um, So you should totally do that. And you can also become a member here on YouTube to get cool emotes in chat and a really neat little badge next to your name. As you can see, people like uh, Smash Reality and Adam Hartzell and Chad have. You can get those little cool, little nifty things. Uh, Oh, here here we go. Thank you, everyone, for all the caps. Perfect. Yell at Jamie Moore. I love it. No, stop Um, it. I'm doing the love uh, heart sign right now. (laughs) You can't yell at me. This is a peace offering. (laughs) Can we do hearts okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of. 
Let's see it kind of there. Facebook, more hearts, please. Yeah, so th- yeah. thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, like I said earlier, our upload access game of the month this month for April is going to be Mask Maker. So you can check out exclusive footage and coverage of that game all month long here on YouTube and on our website. Uh, we're going to have a review of Hand Physics Lab probably up within the next 15 minutes or so over at UploadVR.com if you want to read that review. And also make sure you tune in on Mondays at around 1 o'clock p.m. Pacific and Thursdays around 10.30 a.m. Pacific. Um, that's when we go live with VR Download on our YouTube channel. And you can also listen on your favorite podcast platform afterwards if you don't catch the show live and you would like to have us in your ear holes talking to you while you do things during the day, you can do that as well. Uh, so thank you very much for tuning in. Hope you had a great time. And we will see you guys again on the next one. So thank Bye, you very much. Bye, our T-shirt. Much.